Welcome to The Trauma Tales, a production of Third Star Media and Shanna White Psychology. This podcast deals with some pretty heavy topics, including domestic violence, substance abuse, mental illness, crimes against children, self-harm, sexual abuse, multi-generational trauma and suicide. If you don't think that you're in the right headspace to deal with any of these topics right now, please cut yourself some slack, take a deep breath and come back another day. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and the elders in all the lands on which we work and meet. I appreciate the significant place Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders hold and I identify them as the first Australians. I value and celebrate Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander history, culture and future and am committed to supporting reconciliation through speaking the truth, pursuing justice and creating opportunities to heal together. Trauma. It's a word that you've probably heard thrown around quite a bit. But what is trauma, really? My name is Shanna White, but you can call me Shan. I'm a psychologist, and defining trauma is a pretty big part of my day-to-day life. But my job goes beyond providing a dictionary description of what trauma is, because that's just the tip of the iceberg, as they say. No, my job is to define trauma and highlight its impacts and, most importantly, to help those who live through trauma to figure out how to thrive beyond it. I've spent years working with children, adolescents and adults. I try to guide them through the process of recovering from complex trauma. Needless to say, I've seen and heard a lot. And now, you will too. Welcome back to the Trauma Tales, everybody. Today with me is Kayla. Thank you for joining us, Kayla. Hi, thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about a period in your life where you've identified that you experienced trauma. I actually find it really difficult to identify traumas because I feel like they don't measure up to, like, intense traumas. So you're talking about, like... um... So we talk a bit about like big T trauma, which is the stuff that people think about when they yeah. hear the word trauma, you yeah. know, car accidents or, or um, natural disasters or, or um, incidents of assault, etc. Yeah. But we don't think about little T trauma, which is like the, the smaller, more, not smaller, but more insidious, consistent sort of stuff that builds up over time and creates that level of stress yeah. and, and um, vicarious trauma sometimes mm-hmm. can be an example of it. Does that kind of what you mean? Yeah, I have a hard time definitely identifying the little T traumas. And then even with some big T traumas, I tend to like diminish how intense they are. I'm like, oh, but it wasn't as bad as this thing. So it can't have that much of an impact. Or oh, I was too old for it to really affect me. Like my parents' divorce, I had, it happened when I was like 16. And I was like, it's fine. It wasn't fine, though. So tell me a bit about the divorce. Um, it was very messy. Mm-hmm. Um, very, like, all of a sudden my dad was like, yeah, I'm not not into this anymore. Um, they tried to work it out a little bit, but 
dad was just out of it and mom's under the impression that he was like cheating on her and dad said he wasn't and it was just this whole thing and mom still can't be in a room with him six years later without like breaking down how does that impact on you um it's it's definitely like i i definitely have to be like the middle ground person Mm. lots of like running back and forth and making sure like I also live in my dad's house. I live in like a granny flat in the back of my dad's place. So it means that if mom's having an iffy day or a bad day, she refuses to come over, which like is okay. But if I'm having a bad day too and I need my mom, it can be a little rough. Mm. So, yeah. So that's more like, um, whilst it's absolutely your trauma too, <clears throat> it's ongoing and perpetuated, that's what I'm looking for, mm. perpetuated by their own traumas. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember moments of, like, my room was right next to my parents' room in the house we were at at the time. Um, and I'd wake up to hearing, like, mom cry and throwing things and just, like, super upset. And, like, we've chatted about it, and she's doing a lot better now. Still rough on her, but, like, she's doing a lot better. Um, and, yeah, just, like, hearing that was, that was really tough. Six, 16, maybe? No, I meant, sorry. I meant when, like, you're waking up and hearing things. and. Yeah, yeah, it would have been about 16. Okay. Yeah, maybe 15. So how did you understand it? Um... It's always been a little tricky because my family's never been good at uh, displaying emotions either. Mm-hmm. It's like anger, like sadness, all of the bad emotions. You just push them to the side. Like there's very, uh, very much an environment of like toxic positivity. Oh, yeah. That's okay. That's a really interesting and and very timely sort of turn of phrase. Yeah. Toxic positivity yep so i understand toxic positivity in that it it's almost to the point of putting others down or or not allowing the freedom or exploration of the range and breadth of the human experience and and emotions um and repression of them like very Mm -hmm. much like no no i'm not angry i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not sad like (laughs) total masking yeah physical masking yep Absolutely. Um, so is that prevalent in your family? Yeah. I My family is all very good at acting like they're okay. Um, very much. Yeah. There's no such thing as sadness. There's no such thing as anger. We're, we're good. We're happy. How does that impact on your ability to deal with trauma? Um, I definitely think like mentally it comes back to like suppressing the trauma as well it's Mm -hmm. it comes back to like oh it's not that big of a deal when it really is like it can be a big deal um i am sorry i am um i've forgotten the word now too dissociating a little bit um i just forgot what what were we talking about sorry so tell me what just happened um when 
I feel, my therapist likes to call it big emotions, <laughs> um, or just like emotions that I'm not used to, or trying to think back on events that I don't like to think back on, my brain will just stop and will forget everything that's we've talked about in like the last, like I know we've, we're talking about trauma and divorce and how it's affected me but I can't it's just like the memory is completely gone so you don't have the details no you just got like the overview yeah yeah okay yeah so what happens how do you come back from that how long does it last um I won't be able to remember it like at all ever um unless I listen back <laughs> um I try to go back to where I can remember and kind of work my way from there and if that doesn't work it, it just comes back to asking being like hey um what was that about again right um can be very tricky with therapy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how long does it last or I would imagine it's sometimes shorter sometimes longer yeah um it's it's often it's not very much of like a blanking out period um it's like max a minute of just zoning out and um it's like when you're when your tv doesn't quite connect to anything and it's that like white fuzzy screen like static yeah that's what it that's what it feels like and i just forget everything yeah when was the first time you realized that you do this like when you think back can you name a time or an age where you were like, I started doing that around this age. Oh, I have no idea. Um, Can I, I ask, are you blanking now? I am trying really hard not to. <laughs> okay. How do you, how do you do that? How do you try really um, hard not to? I repeat the question in my head okay. over and over again. Yep. Um, so me asking is taking you back to a place where you were experiencing strong emotions and it's trying to force you to dissociate yes yeah um I can't specifically remember the first time it happened um we we like to say that the my detached protector this this blanking thing um has has come out but has also showed itself in other ways as well so like distracting myself mm -hmm. has often how I've dealt with difficult things like turning on the tv or having 50 different stimulus like the tv and my phone and a switch and like all of this stuff going on um and that kind of comes from that like it stems from needing to distract myself mm -hmm. and so it's just my brain being like hey let's let's distract but um I can't think of a first uh, time specifically um this is gonna be really weird to listen to isn't it no nope. not jumpy okay that's good um I think it, it'll be real it'll be very real <laughs> okay um we can't script this stuff that's true that's true so were you already um were you dissociating when your parents divorced not that i remember um again I'm... it would seem yeah it's sort of one of those things you wouldn't remember yourself dissociating yeah you? 
So that's probably a dumb question on my part. That's I'm okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I really only picked up on it through therapy, really, and just sitting there and my therapist being like, um, "What's what's going on?" Because everyone loses their train of thought, and I just thought mm. that that's what was happening. But it's kind of kind of losing a train of thought but more intense if that makes sense what so it's sort of like white noise and then how do you come out of it is there a way to get you out of it or like if someone was around you and they could see you dissociating is there a way they could help you Um, or is it just time you've just got to wait Time definitely helps. Um, a lot of physical contact and like pressure helps. I have a weighted blanket. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling really anxious, I'll just like pile it all up and hug it on my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's really, really grounding, like the very yes. sensory stuff. Yeah. Um, music, specifically like music that I like. I, I like an artist called Dodie and she's fantastic and has super chill music and very fun and some of her stuff's lighthearted and can be like very playful that helps mm-hmm. um just like a song i recognize and just like it'll somehow seep into my head and just start playing and then i'll start like singing the lyrics to myself and it kind of pulls me out of it wow yeah okay yeah has there ever been <clears throat> any occasions where like You've dissociated and it's been unsafe. Um, thankfully, no. I can generally uh, hold it back pretty well um, with distracting like music. Often driving can be a little tricky, especially... Oof, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially after a therapy session, it can be a little... Zony, I feel like we've all we've all done the thing where you drive and you like you're driving and you're just on autopilot yeah. and all of a sudden you're there and you're like oh okay, um, but that happens for you quite regularly. Yeah, yeah. Um, driving can I think that's probably the most dangerous one, um, but I can kind of like push it back a little bit generally if if I go to therapy I'll go and like get ice cream or do something afterward and just sit so you have a break and yeah before I start driving and then even when I get home I'll just curl up and like in my in my little weighted blanket and put on a comfort show and just what's your go-to comfort show um at the moment it's Gilmore Girls oh nice yeah thank you yeah, good um do you have the same like four or five shows and or movies that are like on rotation you're like well I, I use that one yeah <laughs> yeah I do the same thing like mine's Brooklyn Nine-Nine oh yeah nice. every cr- November and December like around Christmas time I I literally I think for the last six years have wrapped Christmas presents watching yeah Jake Peralta because <laughs> it's the same one it's so good though. it's so good yeah. it's so comforting it and it's so you you you're really good at sort of knowing what's a grounding activity for you like I love that you said get an ice cream because that's you. so um almost alarming to the senses yeah like you literally can't because there's something freezing cold yeah. in your mouth and there's heaps of sugar it's and 
you're very, very, you wouldn't be able to get away from that because yeah. it's so strong. It helps that my therapist is right next to a cold rock. So that that's ideal. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Strategic. <good>. Yes. <laughs> it's a marketing plan they didn't even know they had. <laughs> Um, I do find that temperature things help with the dissociating as well. Yeah. And just like anxiety in general. I have a ton of cold packs and heat packs mm-hmm. and even just getting one and either putting it on my chest or my head or somewhere that yeah. can often help. Yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned that you go to therapy a couple of times. Yes. So when did you go, I need to talk to someone? way too late in the game (laughs) (laughs) yes that's so common um my parents tried to get me to go during the divorce and I was like no I'm I'm fine I'm old enough to handle it Uh, they took me and I just sat there in silence and I was like I'm not saying anything you can try but it's not happening (laughs) um and then this is going to get really intense for a second. It's a bit of a trigger warning here. Um, I think after one of my suicide attempts, I was like, yep, yeah, Kayla, sort your shit out. And that's that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. not sure if you intended that's to open okay. that can of that's worms. That's okay. We can, we can go there. You are right to go there? Yeah, that's fine. When did that stop? Um... My first attempt was when I was 14. Um, I've dealt with depression, like, my whole life. It runs in my family. Um, One of my cousins committed suicide uh, when I was 12, maybe. Um, And then it's happened... Hasn't happened. It's... uh, Nope. (laughs) Lost my words for a second there, sorry. Um, Is that how you identify, like how you uh, almost apologize for dissociating when you're talking? Because I just watched you do it. Yeah. (laughs) I just watched you leave for a second. Yeah. You're like, words, 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 nothing. Nothing. Sorry, I lost my words for a second. I was like, I literally just watched you just turn the lights off. Yeah. It's weird to watch, hey? It it throws you. It's not the first time I've seen it, but. Yeah, makes sense. It was the first time I was aware that it could happen. Yeah. Because you told me other yeah. times when I've had clients with me who's been dissociating, they don't know they're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the one going, oh, hang on a sec. Let's go back to this one. Yeah. You're telling me, I'm probably going to do this a couple of times. Yeah. So I was kind of looking for it. Yeah, okay. But when you're looking for it, you kind of like the green Mazda thing. Yes. When you're looking for something, you tend to sort of see it more. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I totally distracted you. That's you okay. You were talking about your cousin who committed suicide. Yes. Or suicided, I apologize. Um, yeah, what's the right terminology for it now? It's suicided. Okay. Um, and that That's not a, um, just to clarify, that's not coming from a an academic or an ethical space. That's coming from lived experiences space. So okay. people tell me. So I, ask, I always ask the question, how do you want it languaged? Sure. How would you like it, me to refer... Um, to this act or this behavior, blah, blah, blah. And the resounding overwhelming is suicided. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good to know because I never know what to how to say it as. Well, I'm always of the opinion that it's it's really good to have, to have rules and ethics and guidelines and yeah. we should always adhere to them. But I, I want to actually know, 
often those rules and ethics and guidelines may not come from a place of a person who has actually lived that experience. Yeah. So I, I ask. It, to me, it's no different to um, how we gender people. Hmm. I'm, I'm probably a little bit, not brash, but a bit bold sometimes. I'll just ask the question, how would you like me to refer to that? Yeah. Um, it's the best way to do it. Sort just of be like straightforward. If there's an elephant in the room, so let, can I yeah. ask? And ask, I literally just ask the question, what pronouns would you prefer I use? Mm-hmm. And I've never had someone go uh, that they feel that they were offended or affronted by that more yeah. than I'm glad you asked. I'd much rather have someone ask than just get it wrong and it'd be awkward. And Yeah. Yeah. Then, then uh, like, I'm the one asking. I feel like a massive asshole because mm. I'm like, well, now I've offended you and I've potentially ruined any rapport we've got because mm-hmm. I didn't kind of have the guts to just ask. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Could have just asked. Sorry. So, yes, your cousin. Yes. Um, he suicided um, maybe when I was 12 or 13. Um his his dad found him it was it was very sad um I think the thing that's kept me from attempting it more or um here we go or getting help after the fact is remembering how I felt when he did it and knowing that if no one else feels that way my mom would feel sad and I don't want to make her feel sad (laughs) and go through that kind of intense pain and suffering so that's even going through that experience has helped that sounds so bad um no I don't think it does okay I think it's adding a perspective it adds layers and perspectives on things that because I think that that's the whole point of this is we don't know what other people's story is. Mm, and true. we can't understand unless we talk to each other yep. and we get stuff out there. So saying, well, the reason I didn't actually suicide was because I don't want to inflict pain on someone else. Yeah. I think is really, it, it's a lovely motivation. I think for a lot of people who have um, suicidal ideation, mm. they probably have a lot of the same thoughts. Um but it doesn't take away from the pain that gets you into a suicidal space. Yeah. Um, definitely those times when it's been really bad and I have attempted it. Even though I know some people will feel bad and feel hurt, my brain will get to the space where I feel like they'll just get over it within time. Um, like me being here is taking up more time and energy than them getting over me dying would. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when I get to a space where I feel... That, or when I did get to a space when I felt that intense and that, that, would, that would be kind of the... one of the, like, ending triggers of... it's time to not be alive anymore. <laughs> that sounds... yeah. When, like, that that thought of, hey, people would be sad didn't help anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that that real 
complete hopelessness. Yeah. And you said that you you had a little, it sounded a bit brutal, but you had a little chat with yourself where you went, you need to sort this out, yes. Kayla. Yes. Sort yourself out, Kayla. Uh, what did you do? What happened? Tell me about what had happened just before you had that chat with yourself. Um, and then what did you do after? Um, well, that was one of the suicide attempts and I... It didn't work. It was, I, I just woke up and I was like, okay, um, if it didn't work, then it's not meant to work. This is really like flippant thinking, um, kind of jumping from suicidal ideation to like, I want to live. So how many times do you estimate that you've attempted suicide or you've had really strong ideation? Um, to the thought, to the point of planning or attempting. Like, I think I've attempted like five or six times. Okay. Um. Normally, I'll attempt something, and then I'll be like, I'll, I need to sort something out. Um, go to a therapist for a while, and then I'll feel better. And uh, I'll be like, I'm fine now. I'm feeling good. I've got my life together. I've got a job. I've got a partner. I've got pets. You know, this is fine. And then I'll stop going therapy. And then something bad will happen at work. And then I'll break up with my partner. And then COVID. <laughs> we'll get a pandemic, as you do. And it just all goes downhill. Um, yeah. I think the last time really woke me up because I ended up in hospital okay. and had a a little stay at the psych ward and that was a bit of a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about waking up in hospital. What was that like? Um, I actually called the ambulance myself. Um, so I had overdosed um and I called the ambulance because I was vomiting too much and I loathe vomiting like no one likes vomiting but even as a kid like I didn't vomit until I was like three and it just freaked me out I don't know it was weird I was a weird kid I'm a weird human um we all are yeah <laughs> that's the secret is we all are and we just don't think anyone else is that's a good point. Um, so I, I was just feeling horrible and the vomiting wouldn't stop. Um, I can deal with a stomach ache, but bleh, vomiting's just no. Um, so I called the ambulance um, and they came and picked me up. And I had to let dad know what was happening because he lives in front of me. So that was difficult. Yeah, the ambulance would have been a giveaway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... And he and mum were both freaking out a little bit. Um, was that the first time they knew about? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, they knew about the first time I attempted when I was about 14-ish. Um, I was writing to an online friend and brought it up. And I was like, hey, just so you know, like this is a thing. 
this has happened. Um, it was. This is a very embarrassing story. It was one of those like Omegle things, and we were like what? Omegle online chat sites, and I met this boy. I know. <laughs> I know. Are you reacting to my eyebrows right now? It's <laughs> like we had like uh, MySpace. Yes. And MSN. Yes, that I, was, I remember playing with MSN. Um, and we had that like um, dial-up. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember. Um, yeah. So I met this met this guy, and we exchanged like little Skype names. And I was like, look, this is a thing that I deal with. And I brought it up. And it got to a point where I was just holding myself away in my room with my laptop and messaging him. And my parents were like, well, that's not okay. And we're like, we're going to, like, confiscate your laptop and have a look through it. That was one of the rules of getting a laptop of my own was, like, mm-hmm. we reserve the right to look through it. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's fair. That's very healthy. Um. And so they did, and they scrolled back through the messages to a point where I brought this up. And so they learned about it then. Mm. Yeah. Imagine that didn't go down well. No, we had like a three-hour long chat. Um, It was before the first day of school. And the next day, Mom was like, you know what? Don't go to school. We're going to go out to Max Brenner and get chocolate and just... Yes. Good mom move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mad mom move. Yeah. That was wicked. It was really good. Um, so I sat and chatted and cried together and like exchanged stories and was like, this is our view of it. Um, and I was very upset. He ended up being reported to the police because he was a creepy guy online talking to a 14 year old. Oh, sorry. We one sec. Yep. Can we just get back there? Yeah. So he wasn't also fourteen. Um, he said he was fifteen. He lived in Germany. He actually did live in Germany. Um, but as far as we know, he was under eighteen. But he probably he was definitely not fourteen. But he was like grooming you online. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We might save that one for another yeah. session. You'll hear back from me, I'm yeah. sure. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, there is a lot to unpack. Yeah. So you're going to therapy, you know, you're – so normally what I kind of do is I sort of go, what has happened? How do we identify this trauma? Um, how did you know it was trauma? And what are you sort of doing to cope and work through it now? But yeah. you've actually kind of peppered all that all the way through what oh, we've great. talked about today so thank you <laughs> that's um, okay you've talked about using weighted blankets ice packs yep. um using breaks like timing breaks yep. using using distraction stuff when you're feeling really intense knowing that i think the only thing so i'll, I'll just give some context and clarity when kayla was dissociating just before we'd already pre-planned it because i knew about the weighted thing because she told me she was likely to dissociate and we didn't have a weighted blanket. So I said, I can sit on you if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, that would help. Yeah. So I'm currently kind of sitting on her. Yeah. <laughs> and it's working. It does help. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm now a therapeutic tool. Thank you. I will take that. Yeah, put um, it on your resume. <laughs> <laughs> good, I've got it. It's working. Yeah. But you you seem really, really well able to identify tools that work really well for you. Yeah 
guess tried. the only sort of gap that I've kind of picked up on is that pushback on therapy when you go, yeah, no, I'm good here. I'm done. Bye. Yeah. Yep. Maybe we don't need to push back so hard. No, definitely not. <laughs> what do you think would happen if you if you continued, even like reduced the frequency, but just continued? Ooh. It definitely would be better. Um, like, I don't like using the term fix my brain because like, there, you can't really fix it. You just have to like work around it. Um, but definitely would be healthier coping mechanisms. Um, I know like weighted blankets help, but I've got other, I do other things like shopping too much. Um, and other stuff like that would be good to identify some healthy coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, it would definitely, I think just improve like everyday things as well. I feel like everyone should go to therapy. I, I know I'm not the poster child for actually doing that, but <laughs> I feel like everyone has something that they need to unpack to someone who has a, uh, an outside view. Mm. Um, and even if like you don't think you have trauma or if you are mentally stable, um, it's always good to have a person that's like always on your side. Um, they're going to be there unless you harm yourself or others. And then they're still going to be there, but just a degree back. (laughs) Um, and they can help through like everyday things. Like if you're having relationship problems, Mm -hmm easy if you're having oh work stress work stress yeah going through like anything Anything. transitional you you need to manage that yeah because it's it's change and as humans we don't actually we're not made to do well at change we're made to keep ourselves safe Mm -hmm. change means we're not safe we freak ourselves out Mm -hmm. even moving house like think about it moving house stressful and really it's all just step 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 but we associate all this stuff to it because it's a transition. It's a huge change. It's a massive life change. Mm. We change jobs. We change from, think about the change from like high school to uni and then from uni to work. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> going from primary school to high school and, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're a big girl now. I remember <laughs> my first like week coming home going, so I've decided this is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not into this. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to your six, that was much better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My parents like, no, no, no. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Having someone external who's trained to be objective in managing and supporting transitions yeah. is, I think, a really positive thing. And it's great to be able to have, like, friends you can talk to as well. But they're – well, unless you have a psychologist friend, and even then you shouldn't rely on them because it's a separate – thing yeah boundaries yeah yeah boundaries yeah <laughs> um, otherwise we would have no friends <laughs> except other socks that'd be horrible <laughs> <laughs> um even having friends talk to they have stuff going on as well mm. and like it's great to talk to them but if they're not in this headspace to talk about something heavy whereas um, as a psych 
as a psychologist, we're so we're totally dedicated to you and what's happening in that room. Yeah, and you're trained to separate it um, from your daily life, and and you don't have to know about me or my life or yeah. what's happening for me because it's that's not part of. There's no reciprocity in our relationship. No, yeah, it's all about me. That's right. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for that, Thank Kayla. You that for was having awesome. Me. I enjoyed it. Sorry for the dissociating. <laughs> Don't apologize. It was very real. That's, that's good. Glad I could let you into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you for joining me for the trauma tales. A new episode will be released every fortnight and they will cover all areas and topics where trauma has occurred. I'm really looking forward to sharing these with you. If you'd like to follow our social pages, the links are in the show notes. Let us know what you think. If this episode of The Trauma Tales has impacted on you, please contact one of the following resources. Lifeline, Kids Helpline, 1-800-RESPECT, Men's Helpline. The contact details for each of these are in the show notes. Or if you would like to contact us to share your story on our podcast, or if you want to sponsor our show, please email us at thetraumatales, all lowercase, all one word, at gmail.com.